0: Who's that?
1: It's the real estate deal with Kevin Lawton on 1077 The Bronx.
0: Oh, hi! Come on in.
1: Kevin Lawton, a real estate agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavone & Associates, is ready to help you navigate the real estate market. Whether you're buying, selling, renting, or investing, Kevin's your agent on the airwaves to help. He's your guide to buying and selling homes in the Mercer and Burlington County area. The Real Estate Deal on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Brad Zerbe and MLS number 161236 at Gateway Mortgage Group. And by Kevin Lawton, Real Estate Agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates. Let's go over to our agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton with The Real Estate Deal. Only on 1077 The Bronx.
0: 1077 the Bronck, 1077 the proudly nominated for a national association of broadcasters 2019 marconi award for best college radio station of the year we are live from the carnage public house studios at Ryder university and you're listening to the real estate deal i'm your host and agent on the airwaves kevin lawton of coldwell banker schiavone and associates located in yardville new jersey servicing both Mercer and Burlington Counties. You can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA, or you can email the show deal at rider.edu. That's realestatedeal at rider.edu. Feel free to reach out, uh, ask us any questions about today's topics, any real estate questions you might be interested in having answered, uh, or any questions or comments, feedback about the show uh, that you would like to share. Happy to hear it all. Um, the show is for you, so I want to make sure that you are happy with what you're hearing. So definitely reach out. That's real estate deal at rider.edu. Real estate deal at rider.edu. So welcome to a new show of the real estate deal. Uh, so just a reminder: this coming week on Thursday, September 26, uh, we are having the first-time homebuyer seminar. Uh, that is this week on Thursday. Uh, the First Time Homebuyer Seminar, if you guys haven't heard me talk about it already, is going to be at the Salt Creek Grill in Princeton, uh, which is right off Route 1, the Farstall shopping area. It's right there on Route 1. Uh, you can't miss it if you're driving down Route 1, whether the north or south, uh, right by the Alexander Road exit. Um, so it's going to be at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, it will be a panel discussion, and then there will be a Q&A after, Uh, So if you are about to buy your home or you're in the home buying process uh, First time even if not first time uh, come out get your questions answered Um, And all you have to do to get in uh, you have to register definitely um, And you have to be an alumni of Rider Uh, When you register that's gonna get you one free drink Uh, It's gonna get you some appetizers We're gonna have and then uh, if you want some more drinks, there will also be a cash bar available Uh, The event is hosted by Alumni Relations um, and we're going to cover topics on first-time home buying. The panel has actually expanded to have more people um, than what I had previously mentioned. Uh, We'll now also have a uh, mortgage representative um, too, as well as a financial advisor. I believe I saw we added as well. Uh, And I will say that actually shortly after I mentioned this uh, from last week's show, uh, the, an email came out alumni relations that the event, uh, was full. Um, but just a couple of days ago, I guess they, uh, got a bigger room, made some more space. Um, so there is still space available for people to register. Um, also if you're unable to attend in person, the event is going to be live streamed on the Rider bold Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, so if you guys are unfamiliar with the BOLD program at Rider and you are an alumni, um, the BOLD program, BOLD stands for Bronx of the Last Decade. So any Bronx uh, Rider graduates that have graduated in the last 10 years are in that BOLD category. Um, and the BOLD Council is like a an offshoot of the Alumni Relations and Alumni Board um, that really focuses in on uh, working with those um, younger graduates um, that have graduated in the last 10 years and kind of getting them uh, to stay involved with Rider. Um, so this is an alumni relations event uh, with a bold kind of endorsement, I guess you could say, too. So so it will be live streamed on uh, Rider Bold Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Rider Bold on Facebook and Instagram and you will find it uh, I'll post links to those as well on my Facebook at facebook.com slash Um So you have a heads up and just like those pages, follow those pages, um, and then you should get the notification. Um, and of course, you know, we'd love to have you in person. So in person better than live stream. But if you can't make it, then uh, you can definitely check it out on live stream. And I hope that you guys uh, find it very interesting and uh, I'll definitely talk about how it went on next week's show. Um, we're going to be talking about, it's about first time home buying, um, but you know, I'll be talking about my uh, my favorite topic about first time home buying, uh, which is thinking about your second home when you're buying your first. And then we'll go over, of course, general topics uh, for home buying experience. Uh, audience is really targeted to be first time homebuyers, So it can be going um, at that pace um, and at that level of knowledge. But if you are at a different point in your real estate life, I guess would be a good term for it. Uh, if you're at a different point in terms of, you know, you're maybe buying your second home, your third home, uh, and it's been a long time since you've been a home buyer, it's still a good idea to come out. Um, and you can probably still pick up some tips there as well. Uh, of course, you know, I encourage you to come, uh, either, you know, with your partner's family as well. Um, so, you know, everybody can tend to get involved in the home buying process. Um, or, you know, if you don't want, uh, maybe your mind to be clouded by, uh, friends or family, then, uh, come solo and, uh, you know, form your own opinion. I know that one thing, uh, from experience, not only, uh, personally, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but not only personally, but, um, you know, working with first time home buyer clients as well, there can be times where parents and other family members too can want to get really involved in the process, and can really kind of get in the way of you um, guiding the process yourself, and you know making your own decisions and uh, having your best judgment on things. Uh, and you know, I've seen uh, times where you know there was one time where showing this young couple buying their first home, going to show them home, pull up to the house and, you know, thinking that it's just going to be them. And there was uh, eight people there. It was like mom, dad, aunt, uncle, cousin. And the problem with that is, you know, obviously, you know, you want to talk to people um, who have experience with it, but you get so many people involved. It's really going to kind of cloudy, the way that you're going to go about it and can really start to make you second guess when you don't necessarily have to so you really want to make sure that you are making your decision and making it happen uh for you because at the end of the day you're the one that's going to have to live in that house right so and you're going to be responsible for it so you want to make sure that you know you take into account people's advice when you need it um but you know don't get too many people coming in because you know all of a sudden I mean, I've seen like so many times, you know, somebody brings somebody in and, you know, for their opinion, person comes in and they start, you know, saying all these things, um, then people start to get the wrong impression or they start to think things that are not necessarily realistic. Um, and you want to kind of avoid doing that. You know, you work with the real estate professional, uh, for a reason because they're professional, you know, they can guide you through the process, um, but you don't want to get misguided in any way um, by somebody that's not a professional. But always good to have an opinion, second opinion, um, but definitely you want to make sure that the ultimate decision is your own. Uh, so also, I wanted to mention that I th- talked about on the show previously, um, I know I've talked about you know my family's beach house in Brigantine, um, but our neighbor who is attached, the duplex, um, actually have that listed for sale uh right now it's been for sale throughout the summer uh it was uh inactive for about a month um as they had some family that was using the house um, but just dropped the price to three hundred thirty-nine thousand. uh just a refresher it is a duplex um it's the if you're looking at the house it's the left side of the duplex um has two balconies it's three stories um bedrooms on the first floor and a full bathroom Uh, middle floor is a living area so you have like an open concept kitchen uh, living room dining room space and then third floor is the master suite so you have full master bedroom uh, with walk-in closet and master bathroom and then a balcony Uh, and from the balconies you can uh, see the ocean it's about two blocks from the ocean and you can also see on clear skies you can see uh, Atlantic City and like the whole skyline of Atlantic City so really really great place to be and uh, definitely check it out and uh, maybe you'll end up being uh, my beach neighbor Um, so this week we're going to talk about uh, some single family rentals talk about the profit of flips and also talk about uh, some new home increases as well Uh, So we'll be back after a message from our underwriters, Coldwell Banker, Chiavone, and associate, and Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal, only on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 TheBronc.com.
1: There's no place like home. Toto, we're home. So click your heels three times, because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal.
0: Seven the Bronx, 1077 the proudly nominated for a national association of broadcasters 2019 marconi award for best college radio station of the year we are live from the clarneys public house studios at reiner university welcome back to the real estate deal i'm your host and agent on the airwaves kevin lawton of coldwell Banker Shivoni and associates located in yardville new jersey and servicing both mercer and burlington counties as a reminder you can connect with me on facebook at facebook.com slash C B S A. that's facebook.com slash C B S A. and you can email the show at realestatedeal at rider.edu that's realestatedeal at rider.edu feel free to reach out with any questions comments feedback topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the show uh, reach out and I'd be happy to uh, interact with you and answer them as well. I'm definitely looking for any type of feedback um, just so we can make the show that much better for you. Uh, so, last week, you may remember if you listened last week. If you did not, you could go on uh, 1077debronc.com, To the real estate deal page, and check out the audio archives, and you'll be able to uh, access last week's show. Uh, If you want to go direct, it's 1077 com slash real-estate-deal. So we talked about how millennials are beginning to invest in properties remotely, meaning that they're investing in uh, real estate, not for themselves, for living in, but to generate some kind of side income uh, whether it's through rental or long-term hold and flip Um, but they're investing remotely and remotely meaning that you know they may live in uh, Philadelphia but they are investing in property somewhere in Iowa right so somewhere that's not in their vicinity Uh, and what's happening is that you know since Millennials we've talked about this before on the show but you know, millennials had this big, like migration, I guess, to, uh, like cities and urban areas, uh, where that live work play aspect is, uh, at. And what they're finding is that, you know, millennials, while they still enjoy the city, but a lot of them are recognizing that, you know, investing in real estate, um, is a smart thing to do. Uh, but, they're realizing that in the cities or areas that they live, it's way too expensive to invest in them. And some of them, you know, haven't even bought a home for themselves yet, but they're investing in cheaper, less expensive cities, um, areas where prices are lower, um, but rental is high in demand. Um, And so, you know, coincidentally, I came across an article um, this week talking about single family rentals and how they actually lead the rental market, uh, which kind of makes the case for what these millennials are doing. And a lot of them are doing it through this website called uh, Roofstock. And there's other websites out there as well. Um, and But I wanted to just talk a little bit about single family rentals in general um, and how they are leading the rental market. So what's happening is that once again, millennials, right? there's a high demand for millennials, um, who are actually preferring to rent, um, than buy a home. So that's driving these single family rentals because you know, millennials are aging, right? So they're getting older. And which means that, you know, most of the time either they need more space because, um, they just need more space or they need more space because they're starting a family, they're getting married, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, but instead of looking for single families to buy, they're looking at options of single family rentals. And part of the case for that may be the same reason, you know, they're investing remotely is because the areas that they want to live in are more expensive. Um, and maybe they can afford to rent, but they can't necessarily afford to buy. Um, so most of these properties, uh, that are leading the rental market, they're looking at like entry level properties and, Uh, what's happening is the rent is increasing on these more so than uh, like multifamily rentals like apartments and condos so the rent is increasing overall uh, in the United States uh, 2.9% in the last month so this is good definitely Um, it's a strong sign for the rental market Um, but why I wanted to point this out is because you know the article that I discussed last week about millennials investing remotely was really talking about how they're investing in these single family homes. And this really kind of makes the case as to why. And I took the time um, after I talked about it on the show last week to really take a look at um, this website, Roofstock. Uh, it's really very interesting, I think, and it's a unique way um, to invest remotely. And it's pretty smart. I haven't haven't gone to the extent where I've made an investment through Roofstock. So I can't, can't say that it's 100% um, great yet. But, you know, it's really, really good in terms of telling you and kind of guiding you uh, to make your first investment. And I think it kind of gives you, gives you that distance where, you know, you don't necessarily have to feel like you're really um, concern about just property, um, because they set you up with like property management in the area. Um, that's really how you take care of it. And the good thing about that too, when it's not, when your investment is not close to you, uh, is that you have a property manager and you don't necessarily have to worry about much. And I think that sometimes, you know, if you have something that's maybe closer to you, uh, then you're more tempted to manage it yourself. Uh, because you're closer and you feel like if something happens well you can make yourself available um, but then you know if you're always on call for your rentals um, it can necessarily kind of drain you a little bit and maybe not be as um, productive in terms of cash flow as you want it because you have to you have to value your own time too as well um, so having a remote uh, kind of removes that element of needing to, kind of figure it out yourself as well. So, so you get a property manager that's in that area and um, they help you out and take care of all that stuff for you. And then you just kind of collect the checks. Of course, you know, if there's something breaks or anything like that, then you're going to have to have to pay the expense. Um, but, you know, where these single family rentals are really thriving or kind of leading um, the charge in terms of rent increases is in the the metro areas where you know there's limited new construction um, low vacancies on rentals meaning that there's not many rentals in the area that are not already rented don't have tenants um, strong economies and employment um, really sees the most growth and demand for these rentals and I think that makes total sense because if you look at all those factors and you look at metro areas as a whole um, typically those are the most expensive places to build, right? So that's why you have a limited new construction. And a lot of times what you're seeing that's being constructed is, is more high end. So the price is going to end up being more than, you know, a typical millennial who's really driving this, um, rental demand. It's going to be more than a typical millennial can afford, uh, and low vacancies as well. Um, meaning that, you know, in terms of being able to find a place to rent is difficult because so many places are taken already, uh, and then strong economies and employment. Um, and that's pretty obvious, but if you think about those factors, right, all those factors are good factors, um, except maybe the possibility of uh, limited new construction, not being such a good factor. But if you think about all those things, that's kind of what drives people to, want to live in those areas because that comes off as, you know, this area is really, is really strong. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity here and things and people are doing stuff, right? Because there's, you know, strong employment, meaning there's, you know, low percentage of unemployment and that really can drive up demand. And then in turn, um, it drives up the rental increase. So it makes total sense, um, as to why it's happening in those types of areas. Um, but I would definitely say if you think about doing something like that, um, check out this website, Roofstock, it's, and I'm, I'm in no way tied to Roofstock or have like any kind of sponsorship or anything like that. I just think it's, uh, I think it's very interesting and it makes it for like a beginner It makes it kind of clear. Like you fill out a profile and you say like, what's your level of experience for investing and, you know, you talk about budget, how much do you think and all this stuff. And so it definitely guides you through and then it gives you homes that would be the right fit for you. Um, and Roofstock solely focuses on single family homes, um, which out there, you know, there's a lot of single family homes because like we were talking about rental market is so, um, strong and a lot of rentals, you know, are multifamily. So so single families are really kind of, um, have this stronghold in the market. Um, Right now and I would definitely take a look at the website and even the website break down You know how the return works and like how all the cash flow would happen for you And then you can put in like what your budget is and how much you think you can up can come up with and from that They can actually calculate, you know, how much You would have to finance and then like how much you can actually afford so then they'll send you properties that fall within your affordability So really interesting stuff, Um, definitely check it out. I'll post a link on my Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. But now we gotta go into our second break of the day. We're gonna hear from our underwriters, Coldwell Banker, Shivoni and Associates and Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 107.7 The Bronc and 107.7 TheBronc.com.
1: There's no place like home. Don't we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton and the real estate deal.
0: 107.7 TheBronc, 107.7 TheBronc.com proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Live from the Carney's Public House Studios at Rider University, welcome back to The Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone, and Associates, which is located in Yardville, New Jersey, and services both Mercer and Burlington Counties. As a reminder, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash C B S A. That's facebook.com slash C B S A. And you can also email me deal at rider.edu. That's deal at rider.edu. Um, and just as a reminder, any topics we talk about today, I will be posting on my Facebook too. Um, And also you can check out the real estate deal on Facebook. We have our own dedicated page for the show too Just search for the real estate deal on Facebook and you will find it Uh, so we're just talking about single-family rentals and how rent is increasing for those uh, Which is definitely a good thing for investors to know uh, Because remember there's a couple different ways of investing one is investing to own property to rent out, right Um, and really, you know, that's like a kind of a long-term play for profit. um, But it definitely gives you cash flow um, from month to month. Of course, if you're making the right decisions um, in terms of what you're purchasing. So on the other end, uh, another way to invest is to do flips, right? So invest in a property that's maybe under value or needs a lot of work, fix it up and then flip it maybe a month, couple months later, uh, and sell it for a profit. So that's been a huge, huge thing. Um, you know, it got big, uh, I would say like when the bubble burst and a bunch of houses, um, were undervalued or just trying to be sold or they were short sale, foreclosure, um, bank owned, all those different types of things. You know, a lot of people could get, um, uh, deals on them. So it made it easier to flip because you're already kind of getting it below market value and then you're improving upon it and, uh, and flipping it for a better price. And that's where your, your profits coming from. Right. But what's happening because we're moving further and further away from that, uh, recession, if you want to call it a recession, uh, we're moving further away from that, that profitable flips are actually decreasing. So the amount of profit that people are getting from flips are decreasing. Um, and the reason for that, is that you know is that we're not having as many foreclosures, short sales, bank owned properties and things like that um, that are under value. Um, so really where you're seeing probably profit from flips now is buying older homes that are probably right around market value and then making improvements upon those, um, just the regular sales instead of trying to get through foreclosure and all those different type, types of things, um, so I actually had a friend ask me, you know, if it was smarter for him to buy a foreclosure than you know a regular property that's for sale. Um, and it's a difficult question to answer because there's so many factors involved, and you know I think I was telling him and explaining to him, and I hope that uh by the end he wasn't more confused than he was when we started but it is difficult to answer because there's a lot of factors that play into it you know one being one huge thing actually being that i don't think people think about is time um foreclosures can take a lot longer than a conventional sale uh just because you're looking at different types of approval from third parties whether it's uh Uh, mortgage broker, mortgage lender, um, or the bank that gave the seller the loan. Um, Because essentially when a house is foreclosed on, the bank is the owner of that property. So the bank really needs to approve it. And most of the time, they need to see if it's gonna cover most of the lien that's on the property. So basically, you know, the bank is looking to recover the money that it lent out and then did not get repaid upon. So it's a difficult thing to say, I think that if you have time and you don't necessarily need to move like next month, then it is a good avenue to explore. Uh, But the other thing that you want to be careful about that I told him is that a foreclosure is typically vacant. So what can happen is a house sits vacant for quite some time. um, And when you're missing like temperature regulation and airflow from... Uh, doors or windows being open on a regular basis uh, you can see damage to the property Um, so or you can get some kind of moisture in there if it's too dry um, you know things can start to deteriorate a little bit um, can get stagnant run into mold issues, a lot of different things. So you want to be very cautious as well um, when you're purchasing a foreclosure, any type of special property, whether it's short sale foreclosure, mm, bank owned, whatever the case may be, auction, um, city owned, state owned, you want to make sure that you're being very careful because you have to assume when a house has been empty for that long, that there's going to be some type of issue that's going to need some corrective action. Um, if there's not, then, you know, get very lucky, but a lot of homes that have been foreclosed on that are vacant, they've been vacant for, could be a year, could be maybe two years. Um, and I'm sure there's ones out there that are even longer. Um, but, and some of the reason for that is that, you know, the banks are not, they do not process, um, very quickly. So that's what can take a long time. And to kind of point out some numbers flipped homes, I said, profits are down. Um, so flipped homes in general are actually down 5.2% from last year. Um, and part of the reason for that is because of the shrinking profits, right? So the thing to remember though, is that, you know, I'm, I i do not want to say this to scare you away from trying to flip a house, um, because the average profit is still, uh, 39.9% return. Uh, but it is decreasing. We were in the 40s, I think, as of last year. Um, So, you know, there are people out there obviously still believe in the flip because it's still happening. But is it like it was several years ago when, uh, you know, whoever is kind of just starting out saying, oh, I'm going to flip some houses? Uh, Maybe not because competition for houses flip that are going to give a decent return um, due to, profits decreasing, so it gives probably more limited selection of what can be flipped and what's worth it to flip. Uh, So you may get kind of a, I don't know, rivalry there or something like when you're going down to uh, the auctions or when these properties are getting listed for sale. Um, so like I said, though, you know, investors still see potential. There's still people investing in, uh, flips. So I wouldn't say stop investing if you're doing it smartly. Um, and actually we're seeing a lot of investment, uh, and top five in this article, top five in the country, uh, one is actually Camden County, New Jersey. So Camden County, New Jersey, if you're not familiar is, um, hmm, I'm thinking of my geography right now. Camden County is down south, obviously, where Camden is um, on the Delaware side, and it is right after Burlington County, I want to say. I'm trying to picture the map in my head, but I think that sounds about right. So obviously, you know, if uh, if home flips are increasing, um, the rate is increasing in Camden County, um, then people are obviously seeing something is happening there. So that's kind of a, these are the kind of things, like if you're if you're already investing or you're looking at investing, these are the kind of things that you want to take a look at, like where are other people investing, you know, and not just like, Oh, I have a cousin uh, who flips homes. right? Where do they invest? You don't want to look at it that way. Right. You want to talk to people out there who are, doing those types of things, um, who are in the community, um, restaurant owners, business owners, that type of thing. You really want to talk to them about, you know, what is the area like and figure out, you know, does it seem like this area is sustainable in its current state, right? Meaning, uh, you get there and you have this like great feeling about the area and you want to make sure that's that, type of feeling is preserved for visitors as well as potential tenants, whether you're doing Airbnb or you're doing like regular rental. Um, you want to make sure that whoever's staying there has uh, satisfaction because that's really going to be a big factor in driving either your like nightly rate for Airbnb or your monthly rent for rental. So all those things play into it. And you definitely want to make sure that you're looking at that before you decide to get into flipping. Uh, because with the profitability decreasing you know it's going to get to a point where there's going to be houses to flip and I'll say like this is already kind of happening there's prices or uh, well, places with low prices um, but the area that they might be in is not so great so people don't want to flip it because that affects the overall value um, and as values and profit kind of tighten the gap there um, there's really no room for like error of any kind so you know you don't want to look at a place and then you don't have like that much of a margin chance or like value growth chance and so your profit's not going to be that high and then all of a sudden you make some kind of mistake and your expenses are increasing unexpectedly Um, that's going to bite into your profit even more so so definitely want to keep that in mind. Um, and if you have any questions about that, feel free to email us realestatedeal at rider.edu. Um, but right now we're going to go into our break. We're going to hear from our underwriters, Coldwell Banker, Shiavoni and Associates and Brad Zerbe of Gateway Mortgage Group. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 TheBronc.com.
1: There's no place like home. I don't where home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal.
0: 1077 The Bronx, 1077 thebronccom Live from the Clarney's Public House Studios. Welcome back to the real estate deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Codal Banker, Shivoni and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey servicing both mercer and burlington counties connect with me on facebook at facebook.com slash kevin lawton cbsa i'll have more information posted about today's topics there um also topics from previous uh weeks as well and uh, more real estate happenings on my facebook um uh, too uh, you can definitely check out my instagram as well uh, i'll be posting uh more information there about uh homes that i see and uh Also, kind of experiences around uh, the communities that I spend um, some time in, too. And that's at Kevin underscore Lawton, L-A-W-T-O-N. So welcome back to the show. Uh, We're just talking about mortgage rates a little bit um, and how interest rates are dropping. We're at 3.99% for the national average. Um, Definitely increasing uh, home affordability uh, for everybody. Um, But I wanted to talk about... Um, speaking of affordability, um, uh, millennials and how they are incredibly interested in homeownership. Um, I thought this was, this was a headline that definitely caught my attention, um, because I remember, you know, there's so much talk about millennials not being able to afford buying a house and they're not going to be able to buy a house until later in life. There's so much, uh, student debt. Um, and all these different things and, you know, millennials, um, the economy is going to be different and everything because of where millennials are at. Um, so this headline definitely caught my attention on realtor.com. Um, and basically, you know, they're looking at it and millennials are actually super interested in homeownership. Um, which actually I think is surprising too, because, you know, there was such a focus on how millennials are moving. Uh, to the cities and, you know, renting and being interested in being in those more like urban areas where, um, you know, you ne- necessarily it's not so affordable to buy. Um, but now, I guess the trend is um, going a little differently where millennials are becoming very interested in home homeownership um, and they're becoming really focused on achieving that goal. Uh, and you know, 70%, so they took a survey, and 70% of the millennials that they surveyed, uh, they say that they're willing to sacrifice um, specific things like extra things that they do, um, if it meant that they could own a home in the next 12 months. Um, so they're becoming really financially literate, um, and also financially aware, I think. So um, I think that's a great thing. Um, you know, I know, that kind of, I was actually thinking about this the other day and like, you know, there's such a kind of gap and, you know, when I look, I mean, maybe some things are different now, but you know, when I look at like when I went to high school and college and there was nothing really in there that kind of prepared you for those types of financial situations and nothing that really kind of prepared you for like real life finances. And I think that's like a big time gap in our education system um so it's interesting to see and it's, i mean it's really good to see actually that you know millennials are becoming so financially aware um and getting to this idea where you know they really want to own a home um so you know one of the big things that they talked about in the survey and the article is that you know, they're really becoming willing to cut back on extra activities and weekend um, things that they're doing. Um, And also, you know, going out and stuff like that, they're willing to cut back on all that extra spending um, to be able to save money to buy a home. Um, And, you know, when they talk to them, it's 52% of um, the people surveyed, they actually said that they feel financially ready to buy a home, um, which is awesome, because it's more than half, other people, um, they think that they're financially ready. I know, uh, when I got out of school here at Ryder, um, a lot of my peers, and I guess, I guess we would be considered in the millennial generation of 31. So I think, I think I'm there, I guess somewhere in there. Um, but you know, I know a lot of my peers, you know, there was like, "Mm, like, I'll never be able to afford a home. I'll never be able to do anything, have the student debt. And, you know, I don't know when I'll be able to ever do any of those like real life activities that my parents were able to do. And so, and so, I mean, I remember, um, somebody was even said like, Oh, I'll never have a kid because I'll never be able to afford a kid. Um, so I think it's interesting that that's kind of changing now. And I think what's happening is that, you know, I think people are finally, um, you know, the job market is getting better. We talked about, um, that the job market is growing getting filled more. Um, and people you know, are making money now. So I think you know, what we're seeing too is that there's been a lot more of a push um, to I think engage with those generations through different avenues um, in terms of financial literacy and financial education. Um, if you look, you know, there's apps now for all those different things. Like I use, um, the app mint, uh, which can track all your finances and give you suggestions on those types of things. Um, and now there's online banking, uh, which I use too. Um, and then there's investing apps as well. Um, so, you know, all the things that seemed, I guess, maybe really complicated financially when you're kind of younger and, you know, getting out of school, um, in a world that's, um, becoming more digital um and more fast-paced and like you know kind of pushing the culture to not wanting to have to like sit down and listen to some you know boring financial advice um or things that maybe are not in such a digestible format Uh, i think you know all that's being disrupted and it's kind of being put into these apps and online and social media and it's you know becoming more clear and people are becoming more interested in that. And I think the other thing that goes along with that is that, you know, there's such a larger push. Um, we talked about this a little bit when we are talking about renting earlier is, you know, there's such a bigger push for, um, people that are freelancing and consulting and working for themselves, um, because they want more freedom and flexibility with their job and their time. Uh, I think that what goes along with that is they also, see that in order to do those types of things they need to be more financially sound and financially literate so when that's happening you know i think people are recognizing um the benefit of owning a home as well um as part of that financial um stability uh, because you know buying a home you know you can buy a home for an investment or you buy a home for yourself to live in um but either way in my opinion when you buy a home you're making an investment in some way um, so it's definitely a smart thing to do when you're looking to buy your first home, which I'm sure at this point, most millennials are doing. Maybe some are buying their second, third home, um, but I'm sure the majority are buying their first. So it's really, really important to make sure that you're making a smart decision on what you buy, because the odds are that you're buying your first home. You're not going to be living in that home 20, 30 years from now, right? You're going to be moving on to something else, maybe because of a job, you move, you um, you know, maybe you move for love or whatever the case may be, or, you know, you're just making more money, you want a bigger house. Um, So that's important um, to consider, you know, you want to always think about the next step before, you know, you take that first step, Um, because that first step is going to help you get to the next step. Um, And it's something that, you know, I always talk about on the show I've been talking about for a long time, you know, you want to look for something your first time that you can build some equity in. Um, And hopefully, you know, use that equity to help you get to that next step um, in your house um, and your next house. Right. So uh, so definitely a big change, Um, something I was definitely happy to read about. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how now that shift um, goes and how millennials start to buy more homes. Uh, I'm noticing definitely that, you know, a lot of my peers, um, especially ones that were saying like, I'll uh, never be able to afford a home uh, well, so-and-so um, you know now I see more people they're buying homes you know people that are like all over the country You know, I see their post on Facebook oh we're now homeowners and stuff so it's really good to see um, and it's good to see that people are uh, getting into that and definitely becoming more financially literate as well so I'm um, gonna be really interesting to see now What'll happen in a couple of years as the next generation after millennials um, starts to come into you know their twenties and that age range, and see if they start younger, um, and see if they start in a different way. Because now I think you know you look at millennials and we're kind of in the cusp of how everything was digitally changing very rapidly, um, but now all those things are kind of set a little bit. I mean they're still changing, but they're more set into our ways and the next generation. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they adapt that more and they become more financially literate and sound um, at an earlier age, um, which may make them to become homeowners at an earlier age as well. Um, So definitely, I think, exciting article. I was excited to read that. Um, But I'll post more information about that on my Facebook and I'll post more information on my Facebook uh, at Facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Um, About all the other things we talked about this week Um, But that's it for this week and we'll be back next week at 10 a.m. on Sunday uh, and we'll have more real estate deal for you only on 107.7 The Bronc and 107.7 TheBronc.com.
1: That was this week's edition of the Real Estate Deal with Kevin Lawton on 107.7 Bronx. Your agent on the airwaves may be done for now, but you can catch this show and more on 107.7 TheBronc.com under the Real Estate Deal tab. Kevin is on every Sunday at 10 a.m. talking about everything you need to know about the real estate market. The real estate deal is underwritten by Brad Zerbe and MLS number one six one two three at Gateway Mortgage Group. Mortgage plus technology makes your path to happiness of owning a home easy. And by Kevin Lawton, real estate agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavoni and Associates. If you had a question about buying, selling, renting, or investing in a home, you can like Kevin Lawton on Facebook and follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Kevin underscore Lawton. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Real Estate Deal, only on 1077 The Bronc.